Good morning again. <laughs> Thank you to those of you who have joined us here in the sanctuary and also for those of you who are joining us online. Um, so I'm not going to continue in the book of Ezra today. We'll pick that up uh, next week. Um, I don't know, sometimes the, the situations happen and it, and it seems to be better to talk about something else today. So what I wanted to share today was a favorite passage of mine, and one that's probably one that if you've followed Christ for any amount of time that you've turned to as well, but I want to talk about a way that I like to think about it when when life is hard for me. So what I'd like you to do is if you're not already there, well, you're not because you don't know what I'm going to say. That's just what I say every week, and you have no idea what I'm going to say. I could say anything. If you could turn to the 23rd Psalm. In Scripture, Psalm 23. If you want to use that red Bible that's in the seat back in front of you, it's on page 293. I apologize to those of you online. I'm not sure if we'll have it up uh, for you, but if you can look up in the Bible app or online, Psalm 23. So let me read the 23rd Psalm to us this morning. It's a well-known one, but also one that can be a great comfort to us. So Psalm 23 is a Psalm of King David, and here's what it says. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let me pray to begin our time in God's word. Lord, I pray that you would calm, settle our hearts and spirits, that we may be comforted by you, our good shepherd, who leads us, provides for us, and takes care of us. Thank you for the fact that you are always with us, and that we can rest in you in comfort, in comfort of your provision, not because of anything in us, but because of what you did through your son. So I pray, God, that we would grow in trust in you and grow in worship of him because he is worthy of worship. It's in his name, the name of Jesus, that I pray. Amen. This psalm is one that resonates with a lot of people for its great beauty, and it's, it has some wonderful imagery about using a shepherd and sheep, and that's, even if we don't live on a farm, we can still get the idea of someone leading, guiding, protecting the sheep from danger. And this is one that's very popular. Many have memorized or thought about it. One thing that I've started doing with it, a couple of years ago I started doing this, was if I'm in a particular moment of stress or anxiety, I like to pray the lines of this psalm and think through exactly what is this saying about God, who he is, and how that relates to me. So a lot of times, often when this happens, is when I'm driving in the car that I, I think about this, and it may be I was going somewhere stressful or I was coming from somewhere stressful, and I would pray through the lines of this psalm. Uh, 
she's downstairs, she's not up here. Frankly, I prayed through this when I was going to see my wife when I was dating her because I was very stressed. I was like, God, you need to remind me that you are my good shepherd, that I can rely on you alone. Uh, So that's what I'd start with. I would think, God, you are my shepherd, and so I shall not want. Whatever need or desire I think I have, that I I think it's this, that if I had this, it would be complete. If this situation worked out this way, then everything would be good. In you, Lord alone, I have all that I want because you are my shepherd. And then I remind myself, he makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Now, this is obviously some metaphor, some language saying that God brings us to a place of peace that we can trust him. Now, that's not always the case. He's going to talk in just a little bit later about he's in presence of enemies. The sermon I was going to talk about today is about our opposition, that we are opposed by people. The scripture verse we read, to go along with it, Jesus says, in the world you will have tribulation. This doesn't mean that life is easy or calm or that it's always relaxed, but it does mean that if we place our trust in God, he will bring us to a place that feels like a green pasture, a safe, still water that can restore our soul. And in particular moments of stress or anxiety, whether it's something personal or something bigger than that, this is a line that I go to and rely on a lot. That when my soul is, when the stress of my life is pulling me one way or another, that God can restore me where I am. Honestly, a couple of years ago when we had a situation going on here at, at church, I spent a lot of time in this psalm thinking about that, and my soul felt drained all the time. And I remind myself that God, you and you alone restore my soul. And he not only does this work of comforting us, he also leads us in the direction to go. It says he'll lead us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The great joy about a relationship with God is we don't have to figure out every step of what we have to take in life. He gives us his word that doesn't provide the exact answer to every specific situation, but it tells us about who God is, what his character is like. And then he provides his spirit to us in a way to lead us and guide us. And this is the way I should live. This is the way that I should honor him. And that's good news because often we walk through what feels like the valley of the shadow of death. We go through a season of either intense suffering or maybe even uh, loss of of life, loss of a friend. This valley of the shadow of death, I think, certainly resonates with the, the time, the season that, that we're in now in history with um, a disease going around that leaves, that takes uh, many. I, uh, I found out on Saturday that um, one, of our, one of our members, Twyla, I believe, passed on Friday night from some complications related to COVID after a long stay in the hospital. And so I encourage you to please pray for her family. I don't have any details about what anything like a service or anything like that, but I encourage you to please pray for them. And to remind ourselves that when we're in a season where death seems to be everywhere, that that is when we need this good shepherd who is with us. Because when he is with us, then as the psalm says, we can fear no evil because we know that he is with us. He has a rod of correction, a staff to pull us where he needs to go. He comforts us. And when we say comfort, that doesn't mean that we're comfortable. That doesn't mean that we get everything we want and everything's rosy. But it means that when things are hard, he is there. His presence is with us. 
Now, in the psalm, he doesn't quite explain how do we know this is true. How can God provide this comfort to us? Well, if you don't mind, I'd like to go to one other passage of Scripture, and then we'll come back to the 23rd Psalm. But this other passage tells us how he's able to provide that comfort. I'd like you to turn to Isaiah chapter 53. That's a couple books over. Again, if you're using the Red Bible, I looked it up. It's on page 387, 387. So Isaiah 53. This is another one of my favorite passages of Scripture. This is a passage from the prophet Isaiah. And when Isaiah is saying this, he's delivering this prophecy, this prediction, about 700 years before Jesus lived. But what he says is he describes the person and work of Jesus Christ. And look what he seems to be thinking about. He seems to have David's idea of a sheep. He seems to have that image in mind. Let me read verses 4 through 6. This is talking about Jesus and what he did, even though this is way before him. Isaiah says, Surely he, this suffering servant, Jesus, has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. We esteemed, we saw that he was stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Verse 5 says that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement, the punishment that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Verse 6 tells us why we need this. Because all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I think it's really interesting to see that shepherd language coming together in these two passages. So Psalm 23 is telling us this is what our relationship with God is supposed to be like. He's supposed to be our good shepherd who leads us, who guides us, who takes us in the direction that we are to go, who provides us that comfort, provides us that safe place to be. But the reality is that's not what we experience. And we don't experience that because all we like sheep have gone astray. And we have turned, every one of us, we go our own way, we pursue our own desires and thoughts. And because of that, we're lost without him. And that's why God sent his son Jesus, so he could put our sin, our rebellion on him. He bore our griefs, carried our sorrows. He was stricken, smitten, afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions and sin. He was crushed for it. And upon him was that punishment that brought us peace with God. It is only by his wounds that we are healed. The reason we can read the 23rd Psalm, we could pray the 23rd Psalm, we could celebrate what that Psalm says is because of what Christ did for us. The 23rd Psalm sounds wonderful, but it's, it's a promise to those who are the Lord's sheep. And we're the Lord's sheep if we see, yes, this is what Jesus has done for me. He died, he took my sin. And the call on me then is to turn away from that sin and place my trust in him. And if I believe in him, then by his wounds, I am healed. I mentioned earlier in my prayer about how snow reminds us of another psalm that says that he has washed our sin as white as snow. That only happens for us as sheep if he dies for us and if we have believed in him. And knowing that, then we are able to praise prayer. We're able to see God is now our shepherd. We have peace with him. We've been restored when we have a right relationship with God. 
He gives us these places. He leads us this way. And that is why when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear evil. God is with us because of what Christ did. After all, his, one of the names they called him was Emmanuel, which means God with us. That is where that comfort comes from. Now, you may hear that and you go, but how can that be comfortable? Because he's just dying. Well, what does that accomplish? What does that do? Well, if you're still in Isaiah 53, look to the very end to verse 11 and 12 in Isaiah 53. This is how he ends it. He says, out of the anguish of his soul, again, talking about Christ, the anguish of the Messiah, the suffering servant's soul, he shall see something. He shall be satisfied. Because by his knowledge, by what he's done, the righteous one, God says, my servant, he will make many to be accounted righteous. He shall bear their iniquities and sins. What that verse is saying is that Jesus knew that by dying for sin, he was making people righteous and right with God. We couldn't earn favor with God. We couldn't put ourselves in a position where we could even talk to God and relate to him. But by Christ dying for us, he brought us into that relationship with God. He made us righteous before him. When God looks at you, if you have a relationship with Jesus, God doesn't look at you and see the wrong that you've done. He doesn't see your sin, your rebellion, your rejection like a sheep, how you went your own way. If we know Christ, when God looks at us, he sees Jesus Christ. And he sees that Jesus has lived perfectly for us and that we are as righteous as he is in God's sight. Now, we live that out in that we're growing to become more like that in our daily life. But when God looks at us, he sees Jesus. And so, guess what we get to have? Verse 12 of Isaiah 53 says, Therefore, God's going to divide him a portion with the many. He shall divide a spoil with the strong. We get to celebrate in Christ's reward because he died for us. As it says, because he poured out his soul to death. Because he was numbered with transgressors. Because he bore the sin of many. Because he now makes intercession for transgressors. We get to celebrate with him. He got earned the reward, and he's passing it out to us, his sheep who know him. He's distributing it to us. And that is why we do not have to fear evil. Because he is with us. His rod and his staff, he's able to comfort us. And that celebration then comes into the last couple verses back in Psalm 23. Verse 5 says, you prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, that reward that Jesus has, he gives to us. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Even when enemies or opponents are around, God is still blessing and working in us if we have relationship with him, if we know him. That's something to keep in mind as we look next week about how God's people are often opposed by others, how in the world we have this tribulation and suffering, but through Christ we also have that reward that Christ has. And so the psalmist has just one conclusion for this, kind of an expression of confidence and praise. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's kind of two parts there. He says first that he has confidence that no matter what happens to him, it will ultimately be God's goodness and mercy to him. Again, that doesn't mean his life isn't going to be hard. 
That doesn't mean there's not going to be struggles, that there's not going to be challenges that he experiences, but he knows that God will still show his goodness. Another verse of scripture that many of us are familiar with is in the book of Romans. It says that all things work together for good for those who know God or those who are called according to his purpose. And that purpose is conforming, making us more like Jesus Christ. That's the same type of goodness he's talking about here, that the things that happen, even if they don't look good, God is using them for my good because he is my shepherd who cares for me, his sheep. And then finally, there's the eternal confidence. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. However bad something may be now, there's that hope in front of us. Remember that verse we read that we'll talk about some more next week. Yes, in the world there's tribulation, but take heart because Christ has overcome the world. There is hope beyond this. There is eternity in God's home that waits. Again, that's only though if we know him, if we've turned and rejected sin and we have that relationship with him. But if we do, then I encourage you, this psalm is familiar. You've probably heard it in its words before. But I encourage you, in the moment of anxiety or worry this week, pull it out and pray. Lord, thank you for being my shepherd. Thank you that in you I do not have to want. Thank you for making me lie down in green pastures and beside still waters of peace. Thank you, Lord, that when I'm weary, you restore my soul. Thank you that when I'm confused, you lead me in paths of righteousness. I pray that you would continue to do that, and may I follow you in them. Lord, even though I walk often, it seems, through a valley of the shadow of death, God, guide me, help me to fear no evil. Because I know the truth, that because of what Christ did, you are with me. Your rod, God, your staff are there to comfort me. Thank you that you prepare a table of of your reward, your blessing for me, even in the presence of my enemies. Thank you for the joy that feels like anointing my head with oil, that my cup of blessing overflows. Lord, I know that because of you and your good purposes, that goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Help me to believe that when I don't see it. And God, thank you for the joy, the affirmation, the certainty of knowing that I shall dwell in the house of the Lord with you forever. Amen. I encourage you to pray something like that, to seek God in that way and celebrate this word, the position that we have as sheep before God. We don't have to figure out life on our own. We have to follow our shepherd.